Hello everybody, welcome to your latest Blood Red podcast with myself Andy Kelly uh, and today, pleased to say, I am joined by our full-time Liverpool reporter, both home and away and he's actually here, not rather than uh, using his day off to ring in, uh, James Pierce. welcome James Hi Andy And, uh, and also joined by, uh, I'd have to say, full-time uh, Red really, um, Paul Philbin, uh, Echo journalist, follows Liverpool home and away and uh, as well as... Uh, City of Liverpool, is it, uh, yeah, Paul, yeah. as well? Is one of your other uh, big loves as well. But uh, Paul's a massive football fan. He's been on the podcast uh, a couple of times before as well. And uh, anyway, we, I think we've just about recovered from uh, from Sunday, PSC. Um And we're going to try and uh, look ahead to Huddersfield and, 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 uh, in this uh, chat. And uh, after everything that's gone on in the last... You know, a few games. Liverpool obviously sort of came to, you know, went from a seven nil to a terrible result at Wembley, uh, and it felt like we needed to regroup this week. And there was no midweek game, and maybe that was for the best in terms of trying to focus and see where we are. Yeah, I was I was at Melbourne Klopp uh, this afternoon, and you know, he, he referred to that actually about you know the benefits of. Of having more time on the training ground this week, I think you know sometimes after a defeat, people say, don't they? You know, you want the next game to come quickly, to to get it out of your system. But I think when you produce a performance as bad as that, I think it's probably worked in Liverpool's favour having that that full week to prepare. Um, you know, Monday was a was a proper debrief analysis of of what went on at Wembley. Um, which people will say, well, they do that every week, but they don't actually do it like that every week. You know, quite often they do that analysis in smaller groups. Um, but that was everyone in for a team meeting, lengthy um, debate. Um, Hard words. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Some some strong words spoken, and you know, I think from what I was told, there's a fair bit of honesty and openness as well, with players holding their hands up as well to where you know they they should have done better, not just Lovren and not just Mignolet. Um and then, you know, I think Klopp was keen from then on to draw a line under it because, you know, it was interesting the fact he gave them Tuesday off. Um, you know, they don't have many days off. And, you know, I did wonder whether they might have you know, no, no days off this week on, as, as punishment almost for what went on. But, you know, I think Klopp obviously felt that they just needed maybe, you know, mentally a, a little break. And then from Wednesday onwards, it's it's all been about Huddersfield. So, you know, he, 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 he spoke today about how there's been a big, big focus on, on obviously... Uh, defensive stuff on the training ground this week. Um, I think it was interesting. He was he was very keen to stress it was a collective issue. You know, I think obviously Mignolet and Lovren have, have, have obviously been the kind of the lightning rods for the criticism. But you know, it was it was you know the fact that it was conceded two more goals after Lovren had gone off. You know, shows you it wasn't not just a case of him being the problem. Um, and you know, the hope is that. You know those strong words and actions on the training ground will result in a, a big improvement come Saturday afternoon. Paul, I don't want to. Refer, we we spoke a lot about on Monday's part about what happened at Tottenham, but you were one of more than three thousand. I suspect there was probably a lot more than than the than three thousand Liverpool fans in Wembley on on Sunday, and it would have been a, a difficult journey back. I mean, what what was the vibe among the supporters on the on the coach or the trainer? I'm not sure how you got back. I but was, I was on the coach bus after this. There was. A lot of anger, and I can't think of a player apart from maybe Oxley Chamberlain who didn't get the blame in some way. I, in Salah? Oh, and Salah, yeah. yeah. I forgot about him, but yeah, coming back, it was 
a lot of anger towards the players that James mentioned then and Klopp as well. Um, Are you sensing that more now? A lot of people questioning the manager a lot more. Yeah, it's like watching the game, it feels like he'll never make the first move in a game. Um, it happened against United and actually happened at Tottenham where he made the first move of bringing Oxley Chamberlain on, which I thought was a bad idea. Like, at the time, you're like, a Lovren's having a nightmare, he needs to come off, but we got a goal back just as just before Lovren come off and we were playing well we looked like we were going to score again would you have left him on I'd Lovren? have left him on uh, when it was a 2-1 and then once we changed then uh, the third one in that was it it was curtains but and then a few days later you start thinking about it and it feels like one of those results where it could actually be good for us in, in the long term I can think back to under Daglish when we played Bolton and we got embarrassed and Daglish came out and said something like that'll never happen again under me and also Rogers at Hull in the twenty thirteen, fourteen season. It's got that feel to it where cops like, right, I've had enough now, that's not happening again. Do you think he get he gets that now? Yeah, like, in terms of what he said afterwards. Yeah, hundred uh, percent. And I can't I don't think that'll happen again this season. So James, I mean you and I and Christian spoke about that different demeanour the manager had after the game. And I'm just wondering whether you know that that's a sort of heat of the moment reaction, and maybe does he need to keep his feeling how he felt that day? You know, bottle that up and realise, or you know, because you have a few days to go. You know, does he does that lessen away, and he's he start to think, well, actually, no, I'm going to stick with it or whatever, because very much the vibe I got, and I think you two were reporting to me, was that that was a line in the sand for him. They were going to be, they were going to be some changes at least after that display yeah I mean I think it's awkward because you know I, I can almost sense of him today that you know I don't think we're going to suddenly see wholesale changes um, for the Huddersfield game I think yeah that was that was as wounded as I've seen him last weekend after a game because I think I think when there's been setbacks this season either when Liverpool have not won you know there's been games where they've played reasonably well and not won and he's been able to cling to the performances as kind of reason why you know that there shouldn't be doom and gloom that things will soon turn obviously the city game you've got the Mane sending off as the mitigating circumstances at Leicester in the league cup you've got the fact it was a much changed team and again missed a lot of chances um so i think yeah that it felt different last weekend and you know it's it'll just be interesting to see how how that then resonates in terms of his his team selection Come the weekend, because I don't think you can find you can get yourself in a position where I don't. He can't overreact to that. And you know, I think he has to look at. You know, he. I think one of his quotes this afternoon at Melwood was that yes, it hurts, and yes, it was an important game, and yes, we fell a long way short. But it, I can't treat that game as any bigger than the ones that went before. Which you know, I you know, I read into that. You know, players won't necessarily pay the price for for one dismal performance but um, you know again it comes back to trust and, and faith in players and um, you know I think it'll be, it'll be it'll be a lot of interest I think on when when that when that team sheet drops at, at two o'clock on Saturday Paul you said you, you probably wouldn't have taken Lovren off at Wembley in the end and um, would you expect to see him on the team sheet I mean I think what Piers is suggesting there is a danger that Liverpool's support in, you know, not not all the support, but certainly uh, you know the social media side of things, which Klopp also spoke about today at Melwood, 
you know, are in danger of cutting off their nose to spite their face in that, you know, you, you've seen people saying these you know, very, very emotional outbursts of, you know, I, I hope yeah, Dejan Lovren or Simon Mignolet, whoever never played for Liverpool again. It's a very dramatic thing to say, but you can understand the hurt and anger. But, you know, the, there is, and a lot of people saying, well, OK, let's give Gomez a chance, and, and that, that may well be the case. But there is a danger that, however capable of an error he is, that Dejan Lovren is still part of the best current Liverpool centre-back mm. partnership because the mistakes are too often but there's plenty of games where he has a decent game as well, isn't there? Well, you look at United the week before, he was brilliant. Yeah. Mm. He, is it, he just needs to play Lukaku every week, doesn't he? <laughs> that's, if we could get everyone to wear a Lukaku mask, we'd be all right. Yeah, yeah. I mean, that's, that's why I, I play him, I think. Yeah. I, I just, I'm not... Because also, I think... You're going to need Lovren this week, regardless. Like he, because Klopp's already gone on record this season a few times as saying that Trent, you can't expect Trent or Gomez to play three times in a week. So, you know that that's why the idea that that was the end for Lovren or whatever is just ridiculous. Because, you know, yes, he's had far too many days like that in his what, three and a bit years at the club. But there's also been a lot of times where I've thought as well, you know. He's tu- you know he's turned the corner and he- he's put together a decent run of performances. And I think the other thing is it's such a different game Huddersfield at home to. I think Jan Mulby made a really good comment in his Echo column um, today when he he said he almost felt as if Lovren felt obsessed with I've got to prove you know on the back of handling Lukaku so well trying to prove that he could handle Kane. I think that's and, what that big dive yeah, into the Spurs yeah, half was, yeah. was like, all about. So he, and obviously his decision making was appalling, but you know and. And, he, and, he, and I haven't really looked upon it like that, but you know, I think there's probably a fair bit of truth in that. And and obviously the pressure Liverpool are under defensively against a team as good as Tottenham is going to be very different to playing Huddersfield at home, where you know I think Klopp was joking today that his mate David Wagner had parked the bus against United, and he and he said you know I fully expect him to come and park the bus at Anfield as well. So I actually think it might. I think the, the best thing to do would be to keep Lovren in the team. And because I think this is the kind of game where hopefully he, he, it can go some way to restoring his confidence, but it was obviously absolutely battered last weekend. Paul, when you get to the ground on Saturday, um, or when you're in in the pub looking at your phone waiting for the team to come through um, beforehand, what sort of back five would you be hoping to see, and what what might you expect to see? Um, I am actually not too sure. I don't think Lovren can win whatever this weekend if he doesn't start it, it, it looks like it'll knock his confidence if he starts and it's a comfortable 2-3 no win oh well it's only Huddersfield if he starts and the first long ball he plays it's like misplaced or whatever the crowd on his back it could destroy him so I don't think he can win this weekend I'd actually not play him and I'd save it for Maribor where they're not going to really You'd imagine Comares that much, and he can just steadily get back into it. So are you Clavan or Gomez at centre back, assuming you're keeping Matip. Yeah, I'm Gomez, and I'll play Milner at right back. Bring Milner, yeah. Milner in at right back, just because like, when he played at left back, he was solid all season last season, and I just think we need somebody solid there alongside the two centre halves, and I'd also have Robertson on the other side, and that's nothing. Down to Moreno's performance, I think he's been okay this season, but I just think 
defensively, Robertson looks a lot more solid than Moreno, so I just think something solid and go on from there. Yeah, I mean, I wrote a piece saying we should bring Milner back into left-back for very similar reasons. I felt like we just needed a steady hand in there. Um, the problem being that, to a certain extent, arguing against myself, Moreno has been decent at left-back and he's probably not the... You know, not he hasn't been the one that we... Uh, you know, we have a bit more flexibility of full-back, but they haven't necessarily been the key problems, albeit that they're part of a back, a back line that's, that's struggling. I mean, right-back's interesting, of course... The, the issue's sort of solved if if Gomez goes to centre half because then yeah, you have to play right. Trent James. But to me, having a back line that includes Trent and Gomez it is that that's got a sniff of lack of experience uh, to me. Albeit Gomez would probably play the left of the centre halves. Would he? Matip tends to play on the right, or do you think they'd? Not quite sure how they'd line up there. Um, I mean, Lovren's always on the left of Matip, yeah. isn't he? So if Matip stayed on the right as the senior partner, Gomez would have to go into the left. But I'm not sure how they line up. But Gomez and Trent, sort of together, if they were on that right side, would feel a little bit inexperienced to me. I mean, I can see him wanting to play with pace and attacking intent down the sides because it's Huddersfield and we're at home. Yeah. So I could I could see Trent playing at right back. He played obviously in the 23s on Monday, so I'm over at Lee and put in a couple of absolutely storming balls. Didn't have a perfect game by any means, but a couple of real balls that a top quality striker would have eaten up, eaten, eaten up on, on the right occasion. Uh, so I could see Trent playing, um, but he does, he is finding it hard to leave Moreno out on the other side because he, he, I mean, he was nowhere to be seen for one of the goals, but the reason was he just put in a decent cutback ball. Um, it was the second goal, wasn't it, which eventually led to the keeper's throw. So, yeah. uh, I mean, I'm not a massive fan of Moreno, but he's probably the one. He's probably playing better than the other yeah, four. It's the the four, least three. of Klopp's problems, isn't he, at the moment? Yeah, I, I'd, I'd say. Yeah, I thought. Yeah, I thought he was probably the only member of the of the back line who who actually did all right against Tottenham. And I think his his form in general has been good. I think. That's that's probably a bit of a, a shame in you know, one way for Klopp is the fact that obviously Robertson when we've, we've the little we've seen of Robertson I think obviously he's impressed and and, and done well um, but you know I, I I just don't think Moreno's done anything really to deserve being left out and I think you're right I think you'll go with I'd imagine he'll go with Trent on the right and then it's just a toss up there of you know is it is it Lovren uh, or is it Gomez alongside Matip and. You know, I think you know for all the talk of Lovren this week, I don't think Matip was any better last weekend, and I think sometimes Lovren is a bit of an easy target. Um, and you know, it was you know, again, you know, Klopp spoke to spoke today at Melwood about protection, and you know, I think that's one area where you know Matip does let himself down at times, where you know his awareness isn't good enough. I mean, you know, obviously, he's responsible for the third goal, which effectively killed the game at Wembley. Um, but even even with the other goals, you know, he, I don't think he was he was aware sufficiently to the danger around him. Um, and you know, and with, and with his wealth of experience, I think Klopp is entitled to expect a hell of a lot better from him at the moment. So I don't, I don't think it's I don't even think it's a situation where Matip is absolutely nailed on, and it's just a case of whoever starts with him over the coming weeks. I think he needs to pull his socks up and and start delivering like the, the player Liverpool thought they had on their hands last season. Paul, Danny Ward's got a back injury, he's been carrying it for a while, so he's not an option in goal. Mignolet obviously had you know, significant problems at Wembley. Um, do you stick with him or or would you change for Carrius? I'd 
for carriers in goal. I think Mignolet causes panic right throughout the team. I know carriers has made the odd mistake, well, more than the odd mistake during his time at Liverpool, but this season when he's played, the defence has looked a lot calmer. Um, the 4 0 against Arsenal, even though we drew 2 2 with Sevilla, the defence looked calm and the goals were unavoidable, really. And yeah, I'd like to see Carriers giving a bit of a run on the side. I mean, my only, I, I, my, my view is that if he doesn't play Carriers this time, I'm not, I'm not sure Carriers is getting a look in in the Premier League at all this season because if the reason he's played Carriers in Europe is that he's got a keeper, you know, that that's played games and is ready if he needs him. Um, no, for me, would seem to be a reasonable case that he does need him. The other side of it, though, it causes that Maribor is coming up. And Carrius will play on. Yeah. Is it Tuesday, Wednesday? Wednesday. Wednesday, Wednesday yeah. On Wednesday, so um, so Carrius is getting the game this week already. So you know, might you think, well, stick with Mignolet. Um He's unlikely to have a huge amount to do against Huddersfield, but it's you know that that you know one mistake can be all important, isn't it? And giving someone a goal to hang into, but it, it's a difficult one for him because um, a lot of people were calling for Ward. Yeah. Um, albeit that you know that's yeah. been ruled out now. Yeah, and I, I think even with the Ward thing, it's almost. A, it, I think that probably says more about what people think about the other two than necessarily. You know, we haven't seen a great deal of Ward in a Liverpool shirt. I know he had a fantastic season at Huddersfield last year, but as we've seen, it is very different playing for Liverpool and the pressures involved. And yeah, you know, he, he did well in the one game he's played this season in the League Cup at Leicester. But you can't even if he was fit this weekend. I just don't think. How can you go from it, it would, it would smack of panic to me to go from you know he's essentially the third choice keeper this season to suddenly decide he's the first choice, um, and for the same reason I would actually stick with Mignolet just because I, I think you know despite last weekend I think in general his form has actually been all right you know I don't think you know he hasn't had an amazing season so far but I don't think I don't think he's cost Liverpool particularly. Um, you know, I think he's made some some key contributions at different times, um, and I honestly don't also don't think that Carrius is absolutely hammering on that door. I think you know what was the last we saw of Carrius was well, obviously you know, he didn't have anything to do in Maribor, um, but the free know, kick in, in Moscow, wasn't good, yeah, was it? and you know he, you know, so that was you know, the last time he was tested properly. You know, I think he was found wanting in that game. So, and I think also if you do, if he did say go for Carrius this weekend. And then Carrius makes a mistake. Well, do you then go back to Mignolet you know, for for next weekend's trip to West Ham? I think you know, Mignolet will know that you know he let himself down last weekend. You, you know, he don't, he won't. I don't think he he will have needed to have watched the video back on Monday to know that. But um, yeah, I think I just think you know, I, I think I think he's got enough credit in the bank so far this season um, to keep his place for now. But yeah, of course he's under pressure and. You know, all eyes are going to be on him, and he—he's another one, a bit like Lovren, who could just do with this being a, a lovely routine one or two nil win, where the back line and the keeper has very little to do. Paul, the we mentioned the injury to Danny Ward, and uh, news today, what we suspected, having seen no sign of him in the training pictures yesterday, uh, Coutinho has a problem, and. Uh, Adductor problem rather than an abductor mm. problem. What's uh, the difference? Uh, don't ask me tricky <laughs> questions, man. Uh, I haven't got the sports science degree of David Wagner. He could probably tell you. Is it a, gro- it's a groin in- injury? Is it? Uh, yeah. uh, you, 
you no. tell me, James. Yeah, yes. it's a growing issue. It's, right, yeah. it's a growing issue. Um, Paul, let's assume he's out, although he hasn't been declared uh, out yet by Klopp. Mm-hmm. Um, where, where are you going in the midfield in terms of who you'd like to see play? Before speaking about Coutinho, I'd like to see Henderson further forward. Right. I think there was a moment in against United where he charged down the guy and he was running around like what what he does best really. Um, that's what he was doing. What he did before Klopp tried to well, turn him into a six. Exactly. Yeah, yeah. And I think that's when Jordan Henderson's at his best. And I turned around to try to stand with at the game once. That's what he needs to be doing week in week out. He needs to be further up the pitch because, especially without without Lallana. So who's your holder then? It's Chan's held Chan, okay, yeah, I think, yeah. at times. Though so he had a terrible game last weekend, yeah, didn't he? I think. Although he was shifted to right back. So. Yeah. Yeah, I'd I'd have Chan deep and then have Henderson further forward doing what Lallana would be doing in the side. And why Naldum along back um, in? Yeah, why Naldum alongside him? Yeah. So uh, and you should you stick in four three three. I am yeah, and it'll be Salah for me, you know, and I'll give Oxley Chamberlain a go. I think his last few appearances, he hasn't done much wrong. He come on at Tottenham, he done well. Uh, Maribor he come on and scored, and United, he looked threatening in the short time. He was putting two, two yeah, decent two balls, decent didn't balls, he? Yeah, yeah. And uh, yeah, I mean, I have to say you're lining up um, forward wise pretty much. I mean, I think. It's interesting, I was listening to our, one of our other podcasts, the LA Le Rouge, one which I recommend to you with Peter Hooten, and they've described Sturry just playing in a dream world. And it feels like when he comes on, he just sort of drifts through games. And normally you'd say, with Coutinho out, potentially you could show Firmino wider. We know he's not as effective, but it, you know he can still do a job. Put Sturridge through the middle, but he's just not knocking on the door at the moment. Uh, so he doesn't look like he'll score a goal now. I'd be delighted if he proved me very wrong yeah, yeah. Uh, tomorrow but um, you know so he doesn't look like much of an option at the moment uh, Daniel Sturridge um, you're midfield and forwards yeah I'd have to agree with Paul actually um, yeah I think you know, he hasn't got a huge amount of options does he in midfield I think well, with, with Wijnaldum being fit you know I think Milner would have to be the one to, to make way I think um, I think just the it's just a real blow, isn't it, with Coutinho? Because he, although Klopp was was desperate to stress, no decision had been made. I mean, with the games Liverpool have got coming up, you'd be absolutely amazed when you if he, if he took it, they took any chances with him. Um, and I just think for this kind of game, this was this is the exact type of game where you want him as one of the three in midfield to, to when you, when you know you're going to have so much of the possession, you need that creative spark. And and the worry is, you know, with with, with Cham. When Alden and Henderson, that it is not dynamic enough and a bit too one-paced. Um, but yeah, I'd, I'd go with Oxley Chamberlain as one of the three. Um, be his full league debut, wouldn't it? If he does, if he does, so, yeah. does play, um, yeah. And I think it just kind of sums up where Sturridge is at, isn't it? I think the fact that I don't even think there'll be that many people even calling for him to start because we just haven't seen enough from him so far this season. You know, it's. It just seems to have lost that kind of acceleration as well. That you know, you just fear that the injuries have have taken their toll. And again, you know, we all want to be proved wrong. We we all want to see Daniel Sturridge back to his best and you know, back to what we saw in twenty thirteen fourteen. But you know, the longer and longer it goes on, I think the more forlorn those hopes are. Um, it, you know, it seems like he's just going to be an impact sub this season. Um, 
I mean, you could say if and I'm not convinced Huddersfield will come and park the bus, but were they to be in a situation in the game where Liverpool get hold of the ball and sort of force them back? But are holding out. You could see Sturridge with twenty minutes to go, potentially being someone who can yeah. work a yard in a in a tight space and, and get and, you know get an effort on and potentially break the deadlock. But I, I do see him as someone who's likely to come off the bench rather than maybe start trying and set the tone for the game. Really, um, I mean, I think Klopp will want to play with real pace and exuberance, and I can see him. That's why I think he'll go with Trent down the right, and I I think he'll throw in Robertson maybe on on, on the left. Um, and uh, and then stick maybe with Lovren and uh, and Matip in the centre. Um, you know, a team for all it was a poor performance on Sunday. You know, if you a couple of significant individual errors at key times, you you would sort of think, well, he'll, he won't do that. Lovren wouldn't miss that header again. You would hope in about if you gave him fifty goals, he wouldn't miss it more than yeah. one or maybe two times. So you can imagine. That, that you know, hopefully they could they'd have enough about them to be able to do a job against Huddersfield. For all that Huddersfield, you know, beat United last weekend, we shouldn't dismiss. And for all that Wagner Paul is going to know exactly what he's going to get from Klopp, yeah. isn't he? They're, they're you know they're bezies. Yeah, that's right. But I I actually think the best thing to happen for us was you, uh, Huddersfield beating United last week. They'll go in there full of confidence, and they might even fancy you, and that could open up. Chances for ourselves. I, I thought that as well, and I also thought they've got, hopefully got that big win out of there. They, <laughs> yeah. they've all, those type of teams always have that sort of win in them, don't they? Early and on the season, you'd well. hope the only problem you've got is that also coming to I'm not sure where they've been so far, Huddersfield, but coming to Anfield will be will be big for them, won't they? I mean, there's historic ties between the club, aren't there, uh, James, in terms of Shankly and yeah. everything else, and they'll. I mean, they will have a loud travelling support, and your worry is that Anfield, which is, will be full of people who are a bit down about the team at the moment. And sometimes I just think we sort of talk ourselves into more of a crisis than we've got, and things aren't going great. There have been mistakes made, questions over certain decisions of the manager and the, the club in the transfer market and everything else. But it'd be lovely to see. You know, everyone putting, leaving all that at the door or at the turnstile or wherever, and just getting in there and going, well, for these ninety minutes or these two hours, we're all reds and let's get behind them. Um, and a nice fast start would help with that. You don't need thirty-five minutes of of turgid action and think people starting to get nervous, JP, because we have we have we do see it at times in the ground, and you can almost yeah. feel it early on, can't you? Well, you can almost yeah. I'm just kind of picturing it now that you can just. The worry is, yeah, it's a, it's a non-event of a first half, you know, and then and then the anxiety levels just grow and grow in that in that second half, and then Huddersfield get a couple of set pieces, um, you know, you just hope that isn't the way. But you know, if you're Wagner, then I'm I'm sure that's what you're saying to his you know, to his players that you know you just you just need to hang in there against against this Liverpool team, and and that you know you'll get chances eventually. You know, the the difference is obviously if Liverpool start well, which obviously they. They miserably failed to do that at Wembley. If you, if they start well, then you know all the best laid plans for for Huddersfield and Wagner go out the window, and you know, and then the atmosphere is is transformed. But I think I think it probably will be one of those days where you almost need the players to give something back to the fans early on, rather than I don't think realistically, I don't think it's going to be a, a kind of electric atmosphere that the players would need to feed off. I think 
you know fans quite rightly would feel completely let down after that last weekend and and, and expect uh, a big big response and you know obviously the dynamic between Klopp and Wagner does add you know um, some extra spice to this game I mean, there's obviously been a lot said about their, their relationship this week I mean Klopp was speaking today about how you know he said as a kid I used to love nothing more than beating my best mates at football and and he wants to wants to put one over Wagner this weekend, but um, you know when you think there's only a point between the clubs and the Premier League table at the moment, uh, you know it, it just shows that you know they Huddersfield have exceeded all expectations so far, and Liverpool have, have failed to meet theirs. Paul uh, Klopp doesn't need a narrative of his mate going above him uh, with a win at Anfield, does he? Playing out, you you confident that Liverpool will have enough for all that it there could be bits and bobs of. And a bit fraught along the way. I think it's going to have a feeling of Sunderland last season where it was tough and then the Rigi scored late and it was like relief around the ground was ridiculous. I think it's going to be exactly the same. I think we'll win 2 0, but it'll be two late goals. I'm not, goals I'm not goals. sure. I'm not sure <laughs> I can handle that, that's, Paul. That's how I, I can see it going. Fair dues, mate. And. Uh, are you confident? You're, I mean, you're always Mr. Positivity. <laughs> uh, yeah, I think Liverpool will sneak it, but I, I yeah, I, I, I agree with Paul. I think it'll be a long afternoon, and they'll have to grind it out. I just think, you know, it's it's Liverpool without Sadio Mane. It's likely to be Liverpool without Coutinho. It's I don't think it'll be particularly pretty. Um, yeah, I think probably Liverpool two one. Yeah, well, I think Liverpool will just about do it, but I, I, you know, a draw wouldn't surprise me in all honesty, just because I think there's a, a little it's strange how quickly the confidence of a seven nil was able to be destroyed by one result, and uh, um, very much hoping Liverpool will have too much for them, but uh, and I don't think I'll just feel have enough to get a win, um, but um, yeah, I do, I, I don't, I don't see any demolition job. Uh, hope I'm wrong. Um, at the same time, Liverpool are playing at uh, Anfield. Uh, just to, uh, we should give a mention to Rian Brewster. Really annoying. How often do Liverpool play at three o'clock on a Saturday? Yeah. Very rarely indeed, Paul. And then a game that I think most Reds fans listening to this would really love to watch. Um, because it's been absolutely thrilling watching uh, England on the 17s. It was thrilling watching England on the 20s uh, when they won the World Cup back in. Uh, June I think it was uh, which had obviously Shea Oju doing great things from Liverpool a little bit of Ovi Ajaria as well Solanke and Solanke of course um, as the player of the tournament indeed and we're seeing Rian Brewster you know I mean it's almost unbelievable really when you think about it you know World Cup quarter final hat trick World Cup semi final hat trick I mean literally if he I mean, I can't even ponder the thought of him getting some tomorrow <laughs> because it, it it is a fantastic achievement. Uh, I mean, he's a very good young player, Rian, um, and things have fallen for him late in the latter stages of the tournament because he didn't really do a lot in the group stages. Yeah. Um, and he's up to seven goals now. He looks, you know, hot favourite to be the uh, yeah, golden the, top, the golden boot, which is fantastic for him and and you know, fantastic for Liverpool. I mean, we heard Klopp talking talking about him today. Yeah, and you know, I think from Liverpool's point of view, they're probably not particularly surprised at how he's lit up the tournament, just because you know he has been an absolute breath of fresh air since the moment he walked into the academy in 2015. I think Liverpool knew then that they they'd pulled off something of a coup um, after he you know he decided to walk away from Chelsea. I think I think Rian himself has been quoted as saying that you know he didn't feel as if there was a pathway there for him. 
um, for young players, but he knew he'd get opportunities at Liverpool, and you know, obviously he was fast tracked, wasn't he, from the 18s to the 23s last season. Um, it was a you know, Klopp. He caught Klopp's eye initially um, with uh, Pep Linder's talent group at Melwood, who you know, the, the best of the academy youngsters go there on a weekly basis. From there, was invited to Melwood to to train, and um, you know, he's he's gone on from there. Obviously, there was a hat trick in the behind closed doors friendly for the first team. Last year, I remember watching him when he came off. I think he, I think he actually came on and replaced Sturridge in the end of season friendly in Sydney at the back end of May. Um, so uh, it's not a big surprise, but you know it, what an absolute you know breath of fresh air it is to to see a young player just absolutely flourishing on the big stage because you know how you know we usually talk about people in England shirts falling to pieces on the big stage and he's just absolutely embraced it. And I think you know Klopp spoke today about. You know he, how he always plays with a smile on his face and 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 loves the game that much. And I think you can see that in his performances because you know he was three real poachers efforts against Brazil as well. You know, brilliant movement, anticipation, and then absolutely clinical. And um, you know, hopefully he can help England finish off the job on on Saturday afternoon because of course you know, he was in tears the last time they faced Spain in that in that European final back in the summer. Having missed a penalty in the in the shootout, so uh, you know, hopefully this time around it'll have a happy ending. Paul, you you've uh, regularly pop along to the academy games alongside myself, and uh, we've enjoyed watching Rian. And he's uh, he's you know it's good for good for the future of uh, f- future of the future of the, you know of the club and the strike force. Definitely, yeah, and hopefully fans don't start asking for him to be in amongst the first team soon if it continues the way it's going, but. He looks a great talent. Uh, I haven't watched any of the World Cup. I know the semi-final was on in the office the other day. I watched a little five minutes of it, but you know, he seems to know where the back of the net is, doesn't he? So yeah. well, I'd say it was, it was my day off, and it was a, a massive bright spark of it watching that game. And uh, you know, as the whole team as well. I mean, everyone will watch Ben Foden from City, who uh, we've seen a few times against Liverpool. He's had a great tournament. Uh, McEachern's playing really well as well, and uh, a really good group. Um, led by uh, a couple of uh, Liverpool coaches uh, there as well, aren't there? Uh, JP with um, Mike Marsh and um, Steve Cooper. Steve Cooper, yeah. yeah, used to be at the Liverpool Academy. So the very best of luck to those lads tomorrow. Any of you, uh, Rian, if you're in your hotel room in Calcutta <laughs> listening to this, the very, very best of luck. I think uh, everyone associated with Liverpool is uh, absolutely really proud of what you're doing over there. So good luck to England. Very good luck to Liverpool against Huddersfield. Uh, let's hope the Friends Reunited turns out well for Klopp and uh, you can just send David Wagner on his way with a nice bottle of wine and nothing else from his visit. To... Probably be a beer, won't it? Or a beer, yeah. They are more <laughs> beer lads, aren't they? So, uh, listen, um, that's been Blood Red. Um, fingers crossed for Liverpool. And, uh, we'll be back on Monday to talk through, hopefully, uh, three points and back on track for the Reds. Cheers, have a good weekend.